0: Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show.
1: Classic hits.
0: A poster in a Dublin park that bans the use of tents has been slammed as ignorant with the council urged to replace it immediately. And the poster, which can be seen at the Cropsacre near Houston Station, says No unauthorised persons allowed in this park after dark. No tents, no camping. Not that people would be camping or tenting but there may be homeless people obviously they're referring to. Now the council have been urged to put up a more helpful and better informed sign that can help a rough sleeper who may consider using the park to sleep in. The Dublin Sinn Housing Spokesperson Councillor Dahi Doolan said the sign is unacceptable as much as it is ignorant. I have contacted Dublin City Council requesting they remove the sign and replace it with a better informed and better-informed, informative sign a sign with homeless helplines and would be far more appropriate than a simple homeless banned from this field statement. He goes on to say it highlights that tents and other signs of homelessness are accountable or are are acceptable in certain parts of the city but not in others. It also confirms that in certain quarters there is little interest in providing alternatives or solutions to the homeless problem in Dublin City Council uh, or to ban their way out of the homeless crisis. We need a comprehensive strategy to end homelessness. Uh, That that means working with people not just pushing them out of the city centre car parks and parks. Uh, Today I want to know what you think of this. I mean, is it cruel to ban rough sleeping in tents, you know, in parks or are you fully in support of it? Now, some people believe that punishing people who are already in a terrible situation is completely wrong. However, there are those who think, you know, homeless sleeping in tents littered across the city is an eyesore and not aesthetically pleasing particularly for the tourists. Not that we have any of them at the moment. And that they believe if it was banned completely, it would force more people to use shelters and not sleep on the street. Now, in March 2018, an official rough sleeping count confirmed 110 people sleeping rough in Dublin, with an additional number in the night cafe without a place to sleep. Which is the figure that we're more more or less seeing constantly all the time? That figure doesn't really change, and it hasn't changed much, thankfully, over the last well, from what I remember, ten or fifteen years. It goes up a little bit, it goes down a bit, it goes up a little bit, but that's roughly say what you would see in Dublin, one hundred and ten Cork, you might see about sixty or seventy, Galway about thirty or forty rough sleepers at night, Limerick probably in around the same. Altogether, you might see three or four hundred rough sleepers around the country. So that's the kind of normal figure. Uh, that figure goes up and down. It goes down a little bit in the winter, up a little bit in the summer, because obviously in the winter. Uh, more people might seek refuge in a hostel. The fact is, there are people who choose to sleep rough rather than use any services. And that's the point I was making. We have heard that from some outreach groups uh, that help the homeless, if it was illegal to rough sleep, they would actually be forced to use the services. So in, in fairness, the sign could be a good thing in that sense. If you're stopping people from sleeping in the streets, well, then they'll have to seek services. They have to go to a hostel. They have to go somewhere else. So I want to get your thoughts on it. And I want you to put it like this. For all the people who are online today, and they were all on Twitter and social media going, oh, I dare the government do that to our homeless people who are already in a very vulnerable place and they're putting signs up telling them they can't sleep and a it field. It's disgusting. For all the people who are saying that, I asked one question. If there's a field across from your house, a green area, which there is across from most homes, there's a green area in your area, would you be okay with homeless people pitching tent in it? And I guarantee you, most of you would say no. You'd pretend to say yes. But realistically... Be honest with yourself. You'd say no, wouldn't you? You wouldn't want it. So don't be a hypocrite about the whole thing. And let's go up with solutions rather than giving out about it. Let me know what you think. The number's zero eight. But the question is, should, you know, pitching tents in fields, public parks, etc., should it be banned completely? Do you agree with that? Should it be banned? Let me know what you think. The number is zero eight seven one double eight trebles zero. WhatsApp or text. Yes or no? Should it be banned? Paul, you're on classic kids' Adrian hey, Paul, now, Paul, you were homeless for eight months. I was okay. And if you don't want me asking, how did you end up in that circumstance? If it's, if it's too personal and you don't want to get into it too deeply, that's fine. But I'm just curious as to how you ended up in that situation. Some stupid choices, truth be When you say no. just stupid, stupid personal choice. choices, stupid
2: what? choices, yeah.
0: Was there drinking alcohol involved? Yeah. Or should I say alcohol and drugs?
2: Yeah. Uh, both. Yeah, addiction,
3: yeah. Okay, okay and what what, what, were were you, you, what were you what were you addicted to? to uh, alcohol. A bit of alcohol,
2: cocaine, and marijuana. Okay.
0: okay. And sorry, have you put me on speaker there, Paul, because it's coming back to me again. No, no. Okay. Uh, Right. And Paul, I mean, in relation to what you're seeing at the moment, these signs up, you know, telling people that you can't sleep in a public park. And I don't know where you ended up sleeping at the time. Do you think these signs are ignorant? Do you believe these signs should be taken down? Uh, Or do you believe these signs may actually help people to go and find somewhere to sleep?
2: Well, it's certainly raising awareness for the problem. Like, some people don't have the confidence or the head to go to certain places, you know, like, because people say go to hostels and stuff. A lot of hostels are, are very unsafe places, you know, mm-hmm. and it can be dangerous, and they can be quite intimidating places, you know, so, like, some people prefer to sleep, you know what I mean, because they're more protected, and I know it's not the most ideal of circumstances, you know, but try and put, put, your, <clears throat> put yourself in those shoes. Like, like to be honest, I heard what you said before you put me on the line, like, and I now, thank God, like I got the happen stuff, so I'm fine, like, do you know what I mean? This is a good while ago, like yeah. I got myself into treatment, like I'm one of the lucky ones. But if I saw a tent across from me, like I'm not gonna lie, it would annoy me. But annoy me the fact that that's the most comfortable place that person feels to go, like, you know, because you feel very exposed and vulnerable, like people don't like doing
0: it. And did you did you did you, did you sleep in a tent at any stage? A few times, but not too many. Where did you where, where did you, where did you where normally you sleep?
2: sleep? Uh a car, funnily enough.
0: Right, okay. And that's how you would have had to keep the car running to keep it warm at night, I suppose, you're in the winter. I
2: had no, see, the reason why I ended up getting, a friend of mine had a, um, you know, he's a, he worked part-time as a mechanic and he had a spare car there, but it was literally just a car, like, the engine didn't work or anything.
0: Right, okay. So you just go in there with a, with a blanket over yeah, you? Yeah,
2: it, it was in the middle of a car park in an open area, but that's where I went for a few nights, like.
0: Right, okay, so it was just for a few nights, it was. And, and when you say you were homeless for eight months, for the rest of that time in the eight months, although you slept in the car for a few nights and what have you, where, where did you normally go? Did you, go? did you go to a hostel? No. Well, where, where else would you have gone to sleep then? Where else would you have slept? Parks and stuff. Yeah. Parks
2: and stuff. A few friends' house, but not too many times, you know what I mean? Like parks and...
0: Bit of couch surfing, as they call it.
2: Yeah, yeah. But then, you know what I mean? Your ruck runs, runs out after a while and stuff and you feel like a bird So And then you just kind of get used to it, like...
0: And obviously, who came to the rescue for you, or how, how did that resolve itself?
2: I got in touch with a key worker through addiction services, and then they got me into treatment. So then I did treatment for 15 weeks, and then I did an aftercare care program involved with the treatment for 27 weeks. So I did like, 42 weeks of, like, intensive therapy and stuff. And okay. then, while I was there, I got in touch with Peter McFerries, because I was a certain amount of time clean, so they gave me a uh, place to go with about three or four lads and then while I was there I applied for the HAP and then I got my HAP and then I got a place out of the HAP so
0: Right okay so you have your own place then so. Yeah Okay I you want know. just like a one bed apartment is it?
2: It's a studio yeah but it didn't come you know what I mean it was hard work Yeah You know yeah. a lot of emotional a lot of emotional um, fatigue off it's not easy like you
0: know and, I mean? and are you are you off the drugs now?
2: Yeah, yeah, about 13
0: months clean. Good man. There, yeah. Fair play, are you off the drink?
2: Yeah, no, everything Well, like, uh, actually, no, truth be told, no, I've had a point or two, but that's the extent of that, No, I've through and everything, yeah.
0: Okay, and any back I'm working back or? Working. No, I'm in college. Oh, you're in college? Oh, so you're young? How old are you, Paul? I'm 25. Gee, because you're a young man to have gone mm. through that, that kind of stuff in your I life. I have
2: time on my side, which is an advantage, but. And you, I feel about 40 years old, you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> I mean, when, when, did that, when did that all start for you? When, when, when did things start going wrong for you? What age were you? 23. So, so in other words, up to the age of 23, everything was rosy, everything was fine, you had a good future ahead of you, and then 23, just all downhill.
2: No, it was a bit of a slippery slope. It was 20, you know, so like midway between twenty eighteens when, you know, the, I hit a brick wall. Okay. And then... Um, Things started to deteriorate slowly. Like it was just a progressive. It was just basically my 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 addiction just getting the best of me, you know. Because when I was younger, it was easier to do. There was more people and you're a bit more reckless and stuff. You know what I mean?
0: And what do what you what do you study
2: in college, Paul? I'm studying journalism. All right, okay, good man. I I started writing. Yeah, I started writing in treatment, and I got a knack for it. And I really enjoyed it. So I was like, you know what, well, I might just. I'll give it a bash, to be honest, I'm not sure if I want to pursue it as a career, but it's something I've got enjoyment out of and I thought I'd explore it as an avenue, you know?
0: Okay, and are you confident in yourself, you know, that if you look five years into the future, or can can you see five years into the future? Now I can, yeah. You couldn't, obviously, last year you couldn't. Now
2: I can, like, I have, like, you know, like little blueprints here and there, like, I'm keeping my options open, that's because I was very much living the day on the day, like, I'll be grand or... Mm-hmm. keep it in the day but I, I keep it in the day for separate reasons now but I look towards the future like I set small goals Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean because there's no point because it's a that you know what I mean you need structure and stuff like that that's something I learned Was very much go with the flow And
0: well this is what I happens when you lose structure in your life you start turning to the things you probably shouldn't be doing and, and that's what happens with most people when they lose structure or they lose foresight, <laughs> foresight I suppose right, yeah.
2: yeah absolutely So, like, I came from a good background you know what I mean like I had a good family a good home um, do you know, I had everything I went like I went to private school and stuff, but I dropped out after third gym and stuff like that and went to another school. But do you know what I mean? Like, I had everything there, and it's mad, like, it can to anyone. So, in other words,
0: so the point you're making is you came from a good background, yeah, but uh, so and that's what I'm saying. You don't have to come from a bad background to end up in the situation you're in. Now, to be fair, no, the majority of people I'm, on that's the streets, why
2: I empathize so yeah. much with them because I never thought that'd be me. And gee, it's it's quick, it's, it's amazing how quickly it comes at you so, like.
0: Yeah, I so mean, so, so when you when you, when you were 17, the point you're making is when you were 17 or 18 and you seen people, you know, sleeping rough around the streets, you were probably looking at them going, like, Jesus Christ, how do they end up in that situation? And then you ended up in the same situation.
2: Yeah, like, I always felt sorry. for. Like, if I, if I had a smoke, like, I do I smoke. So if I, if I had a smoke, I'd give it to them. It's small things because... I remember one or two of them said it to me over the years. You know, like you're in town walking home and you see, like, I give them a smoke instead of change. because more often I wouldn't have change. Yeah, I've often done mean. that, yeah. yeah. Uh, but one thing I remember them saying is one fella stopped me, but I only remembered it when I was homeless. One fella stopped me and thanked me so much because I offered him a smoke and he said, like, and I actually asked him, like, what was his name and how was he and stuff, and he said, it's good. Because it's very rare you get that human connection. Like, when you're sitting on the streets...
0: See, there is an argument out there from a lot of charities around the world, and they've said this, that if you give money, food, whatever it is to people who are sleeping rough on the streets, you're actually not doing them a service. You're doing them a disservice because you're enabling the problem. Because if somebody's out on the street and they're getting enough money and they're getting enough food to, to stay there, well, then they're going to continue to do that. Or they're getting enough money for drugs or drink or whatever it is, because sadly, the majority of people who do sleep on the streets most likely have either a social issue or they have an alcohol or drug problem. So you're you're actually enabling the problem, I suppose, somewhat by assisting them while they're on the street, aren't you?
2: Yeah, see, like, now I can see that. But back then, like, it gives you a sense of purpose. And you also get that, like, human connection because, you know what I mean, some people in those positions wouldn't really have, like, the mental strength or particularly the patience to go into those places and ask for a certain, like, you know what I mean? Were you
0: you begging, Paul, at the time? Yeah,
2: I was, actually. Yeah, I was petrified of the services. I didn't. I only went in when things got really bad. Like it was in the winter, and I was, I was fucking freezing. Here's my language. My apologies.
0: And, um, and and how much? If you went like when I said, were you in the city centre? Were you in Dublin city centre?
2: I was in and around the city centre and yeah, It's a dangerous
0: classes. place, by the way. It can be a dangerous place to, particularly yeah, that but situation.
2: It's the, easiest, it's the easiest place to get people's attention, and there's also help. Like, give those food stands and um, West. West Westmoreland Street? There's one on Thomas Street. They're the only two I really went to. Like,
0: and how much? If you if you went begging for the day. Uh, you know, I mean, how much money could you get?
2: It really depends, because, like, certain people are a lot more generous than others. Like, it really depends. Like, if you're out there for about a good few... Like, it really it also depends on the area, because if,
0: if... you got a, a good pitch, example, so to if, speak, I suppose, state 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 yeah. For
2: example, if you're on O'Connor Street, there's a lot of people there. Yep. So you kind of have to go somewhere that's, in a weird sense, like, somewhere that's public, but kind of, like, no one else is there, like...
0: And are there people that live on the streets, obviously, that have their own pitch, so to speak? In other words, is there territories? Do you know what I mean? Where uh, say, some, some,
2: some people would be a bit territorial, yes. Yeah. Some people would. But,
0: okay, this is my place for begging, you know, move on there. I've been doing this for years here in this particular place or near this ATM machine or whatever it happened to be. So, yeah. So uh, on a good day, how much could you get?
2: Well it depends Like I remember one day I went for like six Six hours And got like 20 euro And then one day I was sitting down For like an hour and a half And I had like 100 euro
0: So it just depends on the day You could be just lucky It
2: depends on the day And people's mood as well Like and and to be
0: honest How you are as well Like It depends on the uh, weather too If it's raining You're unlikely to get anything Because people are in a hurry there Yeah Yeah. Yeah, okay And and the money that you had got then How much Like how much were you spending On drugs a week Gee I don't know It depends on Whatever you got really I suppose
2: a lot, like about. cost of like sixty, seventy euro a day, maybe.
0: Sixty, seventy a day.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, on the drugs, and then and then whatever you'd left over, you'd feed yourself with, which is probably very little. Yeah,
2: pretty much, yeah.
0: Yeah, the drugs were the priority, I suppose, the drugs and the yeah. drink. And obviously, you're in a much better place now, so you have your own apartment now, you're back studying now, and hopefully, you know, a job will come your way soon when all this pandemic stuff finishes. So, you know, that might be put you in a better position even then, because then you'll have more purpose, I suppose. But okay, but getting getting back to this story, I mean, I did say there earlier on that I believe people are hypocrites. I mean, I see people online giving out about these signs in the park, right? But these, Mm -hmm. these are the same people, you know, who would give out if there was a green across the road and homeless people start setting up tents in it. Mm-hmm. so it's easy to give out about it when it's on somebody else's doorstep but when it's on your own doorstep then it's a different problem isn't
2: it yeah like I can see both sides of it you know mm. like as I said at the start like if I saw like if I saw I could actually live across the road from a park like if I saw a tent, I would, I wouldn't be annoyed that he's there. I'd be more annoyed that he has to. And he ended far. up there, yeah. Yeah, like that public, you know, because it is, it's it's embarrassing. But when you when
0: you say you're more annoyed that he ended up there, I mean, look, you know the situation you were in. So why would you be annoyed? Because the situation you were in at the time when you were at your peak, nobody could help you because you knew I'm just,
2: best. I'm more annoyed for them, not like I'm not annoyed. You know what I mean? That they're so like because like most people drink or take drugs to numb that pain because it's quite like you know what I mean. It's,
0: like, I know, but if, imagine, we, if we go back... Could you, could
2: you imagine waking up in a tent in a park and having loads of eyes on you and you're already self-conscious enough and, like, your self-esteem is rock bottom, essentially? Do you I, know
0: I, I do. You do no, I know. I, absolutely. And, and that only makes matters worse, you yeah. You
2: realistically feel comfortable in a very public place knowing people are going to look... And you may get spotted as well by someone, and that's that. Do you know what I mean? Like, but I mean, there is, there's also, also
0: like, the argument, Paul, and I'm not having oh a go, but there's also the argument is that the reason you're in that position is because of the choices you made in you made your life. Your life very much so. Yeah, and you know and we have to, obviously have to help people but there's no doubt about that I and mean, we have to give people as much help as possible but if we take for example Jonathan Curry who's become famous now in Ireland because sadly he died on the steps of the dog going back some 5 years ago. I mean, Jonathan although he's being used almost which is very sad as the poster boy for homelessness um, Jonathan was offered so much help. He came from a good background, like yourself maybe. Came from a very good background and he was offered a lot of help by the state but just chose not to take it. He had a drug problem, again like yourself, and chose not to take it. Mm-hmm. And sadly, he died you know, of hypothermia on the streets uh, or on the, the steps of the doll, which couldn't be, uh, I suppose, it's a more critical pace to, to sadly pass away. But, you know, I, I just see that you can offer so much help to people But Uh if they don't want to take it or if they're, you know, in a situation where they believe they're right and you're wrong and they're not going to accept that help, you did accept the help eventually, you are going to end up on the street. You are going to end up sleeping in a tent and they're your choices. They can be your choices.
2: Yeah, like, the the scary thing is, I'm not going to, the scary thing is, like, so many people actually want help in this field and, like, like, The amount of people that come in after a week or two and go, oh, I don't want this, or I don't think I need this, because the queue to get into these places is mad. Like, like from on about treatment, or if you're coming from because I know, um, uh, you have to, I think you have to do go to like a detox or stuff if you want to get into treatment.
0: Yeah, you have to be off it for how long is it three to six weeks or something before you can actually? I
2: believe so. I think it's like six weeks, five, six, yeah. it depends on what you're well. On. I, 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 like, I do
0: understand I the logic behind that. I know some people don't, but I understand the logic because if you're not off it what's the point in treating you? Because you clearly don't have, don't want to make the effort yourself. And I, and I understand the logic of that, so, to some degree.
2: Yeah, um, well, like, because it's a certain mentality, like, I know it might sound strange to the normal person, but if, like, if you want to help someone, in it, like, i see, staying persistent is key, but lots of people genuinely just don't want help. And that's the thing, and trying to separate that between who actually wants, because lots of people are stubborn, especially people in addictions, you know what I mean? especially males i'm not sure you know what i mean males can be stubborn but males, most males in addiction are extremely stubborn so it's because the amount of people that you try to help like i know a few lads that i've tried to help but they just keep going back at it and it's just getting to the stage where like i'm kind of getting a bit frustrated by it and you know what i mean i've tried everything and they're basically just telling me to essentially f off you know
3: mm-hmm.
2: and it is it's a heavy toll and then you can't. Then you're told to separate from that because I could end up falling. Like I say, I have a bad day and I run down to him to try and comfort him but then, you know, like it sounds appealing especially because your only coping mechanism was that and then you're trying to find new coping mechanisms when you particularly struggle with something you're like, oh, do you remember I used to do like A, B and C and it'd be all gone and, you no, know, then the, the, the old endorphins kick in, in the imagination and that's how you're just trying to separate it from that, you
0: know, it's difficult. Well, look, look, I hope you continue to have a good future and I hope you don't go back uh, where you were. And I, I'm, sure, I'm assuming you feel the same way. Uh, yeah. and, I, and I hope, you know, you have some foresight into the future and you can see maybe yourself in a very good position this time, three or four years when you finish your college course in journalism. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, you're a good speaker, so I, I have no doubt you could be a good writer too. Uh, listen Paul I appreciate you coming on the air Thanks very much indeed Alright no uh, They go Paul was in a situation like that For eight months He was homeless And we, the reason we're talking about it Is because of these signs That have gone up in the parks Actually Martin I have to go to break So I'm going to ask you Just to hold on If that's okay Martin Can oh, you hold I'm on fine. after the break Okay Because otherwise I'll end up brushing you Alright uh, Okay keep texting Keep whatsapping Somebody said When he was strung out on booze And on drugs He didn't think It could lead to homelessness uh, Growing up in his privileged life No one ever told him That addictions can lead To a dysfunctional life Um, In other words, you're suggesting, was he a little bit naive? Well, I don't know. I I think what happens is you're out of your box, isn't it? And you don't see anything better. You don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. Hiya. Uh, Martin, I mean, this sign that went up uh, by Dublin City Council, no unauthorised persons allowed in this park after dark, no tents, no camping. A lot of people say this is common sense. You can't have just people pitching tent wherever they want in a public park.
3: I know. I know. It's uh, you know sounds common sense, and uh, it's not the desired effect. But when you've got a situation where, you know, the housing policy in in this country is so broken, um, you know, you, you're going to see more of this as California did. You know,
0: with, with when people. when you say so broken, I mean I'm looking at the figures here for people sleeping rough on the streets, and if you look at them back over the last fifteen or twenty years, it hasn't changed that much. I know,
3: and it doesn't take rocket science to, to, to work out that you need a facility that deals with, 100 on average, 150 people a year, and you'd have the problem solved. And you'd well, it's a, no, have it's, a bit, it's a
0: bit more than that. I mean, there's a lot more people who be living in hostels. Uh, the homeless figure by day and by night are very different. I mean, the homeless figure by mm, day yeah. is much higher, obviously, because people are out walking around. Uh, by night, then they go back into hostels again. Um, because mm. under the Constitution, you have a right to shelter over your head. But, I mean, yeah. there there is places for, I mean, I know it can be difficult sometimes when you when you don't have the, the wherewithal, you know, or the, well, the ability, so, I mean, or maybe not yeah. even a mobile phone or something to contact people. But yeah, it,
3: but the the system compounds itself on that very basis that it's a daily uh, situation for, for people who are homeless. That's an added stress. It's an added stress whether they haven't got uh, availability of a phone or they, they, they miss out on the call. You know that's a sort of stress you could do without at that level that you're experiencing uh, you know as your as your previous caller said you know you, your your self esteem is shot, everything about you is shot to the, to the to the last so you know it's a question of actually making sure that you've got a proper you know base level to to work off with people um, I don't know I, I, a city in I, the I, world
0: that would allow homeless people to sleep in public parks.
3: Yeah, but then again the these, these, I mean. these other cities have far far better I mean New York has been one over the, the last few years with the, with the Well you're with not allowed to beg in do- Manhattan, you do- 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 I mean you're do- not you're
0: not you're not allowed to panhandle in Manhattan any you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 but they do. I, mean, oh, I the no, of course they do, I've seen I mean, them.
3: Yeah. Paris is absolutely littered with it. I mean, you know, I've travelled extensively myself. I see what it's like in big major cities. So, you but know... You, you yeah. But, you, but
0: Martin, you do have to accept that the majority, and I'm not saying all, but the majority of people that are on the streets at night sleeping in sleeping bags or under trees or in tents or wherever it happens to be, they all either have an alcohol problem, a drug problem, a social issue. I, yeah, and what, I'm not saying but, they don't need help, but, by the way, but yeah, what, but what, what, what I'm biggest, saying is there's an the biggest, issue there.
3: But yeah, but the biggest common denominator in everything that you, you hear about them is, is that they feel that all the places are insecure. Now, you know, we, we, we can send people to the moon. Why can't we sit down and figure out what is secure for these people? Well, what, then, well, then
0: what is secure? OK, Martin, you're in charge. Well, what's, yeah. So what's the solution? There's 115 people right. out tonight. So what would you do?
3: Well, in 2014, I got in touch with Simon Cove and I said, right, you've got army barracks, and places that, and ho- mental hospitals that are standing idle and rotting away. Why don't you get one of these opened up Put make them into a two hundred bed unit where there's the, an element of self sufficiency and security, and there's you know communal services laid on for like for a uh, hub, the, a the hub, rehab. yeah like a like a hub, yeah. yeah okay exactly, and use that as a as a gateway to 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 putting people on happies if if happy is what you want to do instead of creating proper home assets for for the state so you know again it's it's the solutions are there. Again, it's the political will. Okay, well then, the do, we you with with Stein, the do you agree with Sinn Fein?
0: Do you agree with Sinn Fein that this sign is not only unacceptable but ignorant as well? I think it's grossly ignorant. To be okay, honest well, with okay well, we'll stay there because James, you're on Classic. It's Adrian James.
1: Hi, Niall. How are
0: you? Okay, obviously, uh, he, but Martin, believes the sign is ignorant. Um, the same as Sinn Fein, and disgusting, despicable to put a sign like this up, telling people you can't, you know, pitch a tent in a public park if you're homeless. I mean, what do you think of it?
1: I've got two points. Firstly. Like we all know there's a homeless problem, but Martin, you can build these big spaces for homeless people and offer them all the amenities that they need. There will still be a small percentage that just do not want to be.
3: Oh, yeah, but we're talking talking half a dozen, aren't we? We're talking half a dozen out of 150. I don't know. With with the greatest respect,
0: I don't think. Sorry, hang on, and I want James to finish his point. But with the greatest respect, I think it'll be more than half a dozen out of 150. As I said to you, I believe the majority of the 150 that are on the street in Dublin, for example, as I said, another 60 maybe in Cork and 30 or 40 in Galway and Limerick, the majority of those people are there because they either have an addiction problem, a drug problem, drink problem, or a social issue. Not all of them. But 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 hang on, Martin. Let James finish his
1: point. Martin, just just hang on for a second.
0: Let James just finish his point anyway. Thank you. And let's come back.
1: Um, And then, so, leading on from what you're saying, now, parks are not built for that function, unfortunately. And Sinn Féin can say that it's ignorant. It's woeful to have these signs up. however parks are made for public spaces. So if you have, regardless of what number, of people with drug or addiction problems or mental health issues that don't want to go into homeless facilities in parks. And then we have children and families playing there the next day. You've got their refuse left over.
0: syringes, exactly. bottles.
1: And that's yeah. the question. It's, yeah. That's the question that we're being posed. Is it right to put up these signs? It is because the function of a park is not to house homeless people, regardless if it's cruel or not. It's a public safety concern.
3: Yeah, but I would say yeah, that's grand in an ideal world.
1: Funky-dory in an ideal world, when
3: the person behind the desk...
0: There's no such thing as an ideal world. ...is,
3: is yeah. the person, was, was, was person who's making these decisions. Is nowhere near homeless. Now, it's a situation that we... Martin, you're you're
0: suggesting... Well, let me go back to what you just said. That's grand in an ideal world. Give me a place that's an ideal world. There's no such thing as an ideal world. There's always going to be issues in society. Always.
3: I'm going to argue with you, Niall, here. This is one point that's missed out entirely. 2000 and... Sorry, 2018. In the 1980s to the 1990s, there was literally thousands of people in um, the mental institutions in Ireland, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. These, this since, that, since then, we've had this care in the community idea where basically they decamp people out back into the community. But the mental institutions, although they, they catered for you know people who were mentally ill, also they, they uh, uh, worked with people who were... Um, they also people abused people, people in the 70s and 80s in mental the, institutions. They at,
0: sorry? They also abused people in mental institutions yeah, in the I 70s mean, and 80s. On,
3: let, let's make, make sure that the product proper protocols are in, in place. We all know about abuse, but what I'm saying is that the solution is there that it, when in the old days they used to actually get people off the streets and start to work with them and, 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 and get them out of
1: homelessness. Now, Martin, got, can, I, gone, ask, Martin, gone can I ask you a question? Off yeah? Martin, can I, um, do you think like, people should be, homeless people, should be persuaded or encouraged to go into homeless facilities if they don't have a home? Like if oh, they're yeah. going to sleep rough. And then do you well, not think one way of doing that is deterring them from if they can't sleep in parks or streets.
3: This is island all over. Exactly, currently it is.
0: Yeah, but Martin, you're not addressing the question he's asking, and, and this is something I brought up with Paul when I talked to him, that if you're giving, you know, if you're allowing it to happen, i.e. you're allowing people to sleep with tents and everything, and I know you're saying that's not a good idea either, Martin, I accept that, but if, if for example, you're feeding people or if you're giving people money on the streets, All you're doing is enabling the problem. Whereas, as Paul rightly pointed out, probably, if he didn't have somewhere to go, he would have maybe sought, you know, help sooner. Uh, And those people who are on the street, they are being enabled. I mean, there is arguments and there's charities out there who completely disagree with feeding people on the streets, completely disagree with giving them money, because if you do that, you continue to enable their lifestyle. And this is the point that James is making, that if you say, well, okay," because we have to be politically correct, sure, let them sleep in the park and do whatever they need to do there. Well, then you're giving them somewhere to stay, whereas if you don't or they don't have somewhere comfortable to stay, or well, when I say comfortable within reason, they'll go and seek help.
3: Yeah, well, exactly. It comes, to my, I've said all, all along for the last couple of years on your show, the main problem in this state is they don't create enough state asset for housing people who can't basically, okay. you know, afford a home.
0: Okay, listen, I've got to go to a break, uh, and I'm sure if Maliki, which I know he's not around, to, maybe not around today, but he will tell you the amount of money that's been spent every year on trying to assist people. How many NGOs do we have in this country? There's more homeless charities in this country than any other uh, type of NGO. We spend millions every year on the homeless problem and you will always have people who fall through the cracks and you're always going to have people who will not reach out for that help. And to suggest that there isn't enough help out there, I I don't know, I'm a little bit lost on that. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm wrong. People sleep in the
2: parks and sleep in tents, not because it's enjoyable, but it's safer than the Homeless shelters and stuff, so why take that little
0: bit away from them? Well, you're not taking away from them, it was never there in the first place, it was always kind of illegal. By the way, somebody says, James sounds reasonably heartless. Would he kick somebody out of a tent in his local park if he's seen them? Well, James, you can answer that yourself if
1: you want to. Oh, I wouldn't say not heartless, I'm sure, Like, if I go past the homeless, absolutely no issue. I'm not talking about specific situations, I'm just talking about. If you put up a sign, you don't want homeless people pitching tents in a park. You that whoever posed that question would be very upset if they fell on a syringe or their family member fell on a syringe or anything like that. That's what I'm talking about. Public health concern. I'm not being heartless. I'm okay. just being practical. Okay. Okay.
0: Well, we'll, we'll, well, let, let me say there for a second. I go to Gerald. I Gerald. Gerald, you're on, on classic kids.
1: On, <laughs> oh, hang on, Gerald.
0: I didn't switch on the right line for there. Sorry, Gerald. Go ahead. You're on classic kids. Hey Leonard, how are you? Good, you work for a homeless charity and you believe obviously... Well, I,
4: I, I, used to, I used to be involved in a homeless charity. I haven't since been. But I think putting up signs to tell homeless people to not allow camp and Parks is absolutely but a disgrace. Absolutely disgrace. I understand where James' point of view is coming from. James must remember,
0: not all homeless people are addicts. No, no, they're not. But many, a large percentage of homeless people on the streets at night do have different issues.
4: They do have different issues. Yeah, no, I mean, if it's not alcoholism,
0: drug addiction or social issues, yes.
4: And not all mental of them. Health, you know what I mean? Sorry? There's an awful lot of mental health on the street. Absolutely, There's yes. a lot of different situations. Yeah. But I just, I, I totally disagree with anybody
0: sticking any sign up to tell homeless people. Okay, but what about the point that he raised? that these are public spaces, you know, mam and dad are there the next day walking with their child, you know, and we we do know that people who sleep on the streets do have drug addictions, do have alcohol addictions, not all of them, uh, and do have different issues. Uh, And, you know, James is saying, I don't think it's fair for people to be walking into cans of beer or walking into uh, a syringe, because I remember when I used to work in Club M, the car park there at Fleet Street, uh, the addicts used to go in and bang up under the the kind of ramps of the car park. There was syringes everywhere. I mean, or syringe in the lift?
4: Well, yeah, I totally agree with you in that sense. But, as, as we're talking about with the, with the public science, the DRHG, uh, the Region public executive, are saying there's beds available for some people, okay? Yep. Why are they refusing people at night?
0: Well, I, I can't answer that question because I don't work with them. So I can't I, answer
4: I, I, I understand that. It, it's absolutely disgraceful. They've said the put up science they're saying they don't want people to sleep in the public spaces, but yet they're refusing beds at night time. I mean, James,
0: you can't deny obviously James is an issue. So where do you, if people can't get into hostels, James? Although Simon Coveney will let us, well, he told us last year that there was loads of spaces in hostels. People just weren't availing of them. Now I know what people yeah. don't, people don't want to go into hostels. Personally speaking, I wouldn't want to sleep in a hostel uh, with a, peop, a group of people that might have a social issue. So in saying that, what what are the, what are they supposed to do? I suppose is the point that Gerald is making, James. If you're not going to let them sleep in a public park, where are they going to sleep?
1: Yeah, it is a difficult one, especially if what he says is true and people are being refused um, bed spaces at night, then there is a question of what are they going to do, and a park probably is the safest space, however um, that's, that's the problem we're in now if we're looking at solutions, it would just be introduce more spaces for homeless people, but you mentioned that there's a high level of investment or NGOs in, like, charities. There's more homeless
0: problem. charities in this country per head of population than probably yeah. any other country in the bloody world. We have more NGOs, more money being pumped into private organisations who, you know, go out as charities, inverted yeah. commas, <laughs> to, to run, to sort out the government homeless problem.
1: So I would just push back on his point a little bit that someone may say that they were refused a to bed to, to justify where they are at, at that point. But I don't think it's a widespread problem. I think there is availability for most people, and also in I know we was mentioning the mental health problems. But say, for instance, you've got someone with a mental health problem that will cause harm to someone in your family or school or workplace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You get them the relevant help and need, and they may have to go into it. You may have to get professional help.
0: Okay, but just very quickly because I've only got a minute and a half, and I want to go to John as well. John, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, John? I'm good, how are you? Uh, John, you were homeless uh, for three days. That's a long time, oh, thankfully. Oh, yeah,
5: listen, but now I couldn't compare myself to a homeless person because that was a long time ago. That was over 40 years ago in London. Right, OK. It, but it's but still, you know
0: what it's like to see no light at the end of the tunnel for a short period of time, yeah.
5: Yeah, but it, like uh, I, I, even to say I was homeless like, sounds a bit of a contradiction because it was only three three nights, really, and I will never forget it. But look, I, I just find it hard to understand... For me, I, I'm in my mid-60s, that the world we live in today, we consider ourselves in a very advanced society. And I know there's a lot of social issues to be dealt with out there, and people that find themselves homeless but for whatever reason, whether it is drug addiction, alcohol addiction, abuse, all sorts of issues, surely the, the, the government are, have some um, people, uh, educated people, that they can... Try indeed with this, I did, mean, yeah, there's only so much a, you
0: can do I mean you you're relying on people looking for the help and and unfortunately, there are people out there who don't have the wherewithal or don't have the i suppose the get up and go to go looking for help. You can only help people who want to be helped. Oh I yeah, mean you look I, at I, even I, I, drug rehabilitation yeah, but you yeah, but Gerald, you look at even drug rehabilitation for example Something there's something like an eighty percent dropout rate in the first week. You know what I mean?
4: Okay. Well, I'm not sure of the stats and figures around that. But instead of... Well, yeah, not I'm not
0: too story. sure either. But I, I did hear somebody mention that figure before. But go yeah, on.
4: But,
0: well, so but, no. sorry, well, hang, well, hang on, John. Just let just Gerald say something there and I'll let you come back in very quickly, John. Go ahead, Gerald.
4: Sorry, thanks, Lyle. Uh, now, just in relation to the signs, all right? Instead of putting up signs uh, from local authorities, I'm not too sure who put up the sign. I, t- I don't know what... the I'm local allowed, yeah, The
0: local authority, authority did, yeah.
4: Okay, well, the, the shame on them. Shame on Dublin City Council. But anyway, why can't they put up a sign erecting different needs, like, different, different charities that will help people? Instead of putting up to say, you're yeah, not to come here, but to hear a list of things that can do. The vice of councillors in St. City have an almost absolutely amazing organisation. You know, they're out in the street seven nights a week, feeding homeless people, engaging with them. They have a client management service. Like, they're, they're a non-government funded agency, uh, charity, and the amount of work they do, personally,
0: in my eyes, and other people's okay. eyes that I know... Okay, well, just very quickly, because I've got 30 seconds. I, I don't want to be unfair to John. Sorry, John, continue what you were saying anyway. No,
5: no, no, you're fine. Look, it's just that I find it hard to understand now that it, the, the world we live in today, that I find that, okay, there are lots of politicians that do an awful lot of talk, but the will is not there, and they're talking about it for years. And it's not just in Ireland. It's you, you take America, I was in Lisbon there a couple of years ago, and there are people there that I saw homeless there. It was... We, I thought Dublin was bad, but by God. Mm-hmm. It's, it's worldwide it's, I can't understand how uh, because, the, because there's always
0: going to be people with vulnerabilities in the world and there's no matter how much money you put into the homeless problem or this particular yeah. type of sl- sleeping rough problem rather than homeless problem because we have a different definition for homeless nowadays you're always going to have people who are in that situation who are vulnerable and don't reach out for help you're always going to and I will sleep on a street
5: but listen, like, uh, you're, you're, I agree with
0: you, but what's no, no, the you could throw it? It zillions of dollars or pounds or whatever it is at it worldwide, and it's not going to make an ounce of difference. You're still going to have people in that position.
5: I understand
0: that, but what, there must be some answer, surely. Well, yeah. I, know <laughs> it I don't know the answers either, John. I wish I, wish I had all the answers. <laughs> so do I, I think drugs and alcohol <laughs> is probably the key to most of it, to be honest with you. But anyway, uh, and there are, I know there are people with mental health issues and other social issues, but I mean, drugs and alcohol certainly play a huge role in all of that.